Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, The Saturday Manager, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHark. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHark on Google Play or visit our website at matchhark.com. Truly a great match. MatchHark. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to this week's episode of The Saturday Manager. I'm your host Mick Pusick and manager of Bryden Ropes Reserves who play Kent County Division 1 West. So starting off with the past week, again another quiet week. We're kind of ticking over while we wait for our final league match now. We've got Bexley on the 22nd of April um, and all the lads are really looking forward to it. Um, the, The short break actually hasn't been too terrible in the terms of we've had a, a heck of a lot of injuries um, before the, our last game two weeks ago and um, it gives us a chance to rest a few players and hopefully get them um, back up and ready for that game. So that's the aim. We've got a uh, training on Wednesday this week and looking forward to a friendly against All Stars who play Kent County Division 3 um, and they're a really good team, actually, for that division. They, they're a bit unlucky that they've been drawn with so many strong teams in that in that particular division this season. I think you've got Halls Reserves, AMG Ballers, um, All-Stars are in the mix. You've got um, Dartford Celtic. So, you know, all teams on, an, on the, any given season probably would be strong enough to, to come up to the second division. But with only two spaces there, I think they, they might be one that... Um, just fall short this season, but I expect big things from them next season. And uh, I noted that they played another team in our division, South East Athletic, earlier, um, only a few weeks ago, and managed to um, beat them, I think, by about 6-1 or 6-2. So it's certainly going to be a competitive game. And I think it's just what our lads will need um, to get us nice and sharp for the Bexley game the following week. So that brings you up to speed on uh, all the events around Bryden this week. Um, coming up now, I've got a really interesting interview with Metrogas FC first team manager Wayne Priestman. We now welcome to the show Metrogas first team manager Wayne Priestman. Wayne, welcome. How are you keeping? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are yourself? Really good. Yeah, excellent. Uh, quite a week for us um, with the, not many games at the moment, but we keep we keep ticking over. We keep ticking over. I really appreciate you joining us today because I know it's um, we're recording on Easter Monday, so it's a busy time for a lot of people. So appreciate you taking the time out of your busy diary to uh, come on and have a chat. That's right. No problem, mate. Uh, look, look forward to uh, having a conversation and chat with you, mate. Brilliant. So, I mean, just for some of the listeners out there, obviously, I, I, I've known we've known each other for a, probably a couple of seasons with different teams, etc. But how did you first get into coaching? How did your journey start? Did you was it, were you a player originally, and then kind of developed in, or did you yeah. go straight to coaching? Yeah, so I, I played football um, at quite a decent level, like semi professional level. Uh, nothing too, no, nothing too major, but um, yeah, gave up playing football quite young. Um, just because um, I wanted to spend more time with my son. Um, 
Um, I only had him every other weekend, so mm -hmm. uh, I decided to give up football. Uh, to give up football because I wanted to spend time with my boy. Yeah. So that, that took me into coaching. Uh, started coaching at quite a young age, uh, uh, youth football predominantly. So All right. So when I, that's how I started. I think a lot of coaches generally tend to start with youth. You don't often jump straight into senior, do you? So where 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 was it? Was that in London? Yeah, so I, I started off coaching uh, a team in the Selkent uh, League. Uh, mm -hmm. It was through a friend who set up his own club called Gridlockers. Um, mm -hmm. So I was, I was coaching them for three or four seasons. Um, and then uh, we, part, we a few of us parted ways, mm -hmm. um, set up our own football club uh, called AFC All Stars. Mm -hmm. So um, we set up that. We had uh, about 12 teams, 13 teams. Oh, um, wow. That's quite they, a good, good number yeah. of teams to get going. Yeah, so around so, that time, was you when you first started in the youth? Is that when you kind of did your initial badges just to you know? Because I know there's a lot of compliance and stuff, isn't there, with youth football? So I'd imagine you'd have gone through some of the FA courses at that time. Yeah, so I did uh, did uh, as I first started off, done my level one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a year later, I did my level two because mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, the assessors told me I should be pushing for my level two as soon as yeah. possible. Yeah, so I did two. Um, did that so I was work uh, as a full time job. I was working uh, for Charlton Athletic um, Community Trust, doing the coaching down there. Oh, really? Uh, oh, that's interesting. I will have a dig into that in a minute because I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by some of the work that goes on in the community with uh, professional clubs in the area. Yeah, so I started doing that. I was a full time officer there, um, and then I was uh, doing the grassroots football on the, on the weekend. Mm. Um, stars. We run that for about five six years. Uh, quite successful. Uh, producing throughout various teams um, players for academies, um, which was great to see uh, players push on. Yeah. Um, as the, as it was getting more and more, uh, it, it was more and more demanding on five of us who were running the clubs, going to meetings, uh, doing insurances, and mm. it was just not a, as much help. And uh, as as a volunteer, yeah. it was so much of my time. So. I guess I, that can happen, can't it? You can almost be a victim of your own success. You know, you start with a small team, a backroom team, management team, um, bring in, you know, start a club, one or two clubs, you know, one or two sides rather, um, you know, is kind of manageable. But then, you know, if you're really successful and you get more people joining and you end up with 10, 15 teams, it, it must really put a lot on, you know, a, a lot on the plate, really, with, especially like uh, you say, it's, it's an extra, isn't it? You've got your day uh, job as well. Yeah. 100%. It was like, sometimes it was like Selkem meeting, I think it was a Wednesday back then, um, Tuesday, when, no, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, mm -hmm. uh, doing it. And then we was training midweek, um, we was training our teams midweek, then we was training them on a Saturday morning, then in a match on a Sunday, then if you mm -hmm. had any like, any issues, like if a player was sent off or something, and you had mm -hmm. to go to a hearing to, uh, obviously, as chairman, I was chairman yeah. at the time, I right. had to have to uh, uh, commit uh, meetings, then we're having to have a committee meeting once a month. It just becomes so so much work. And then I left. Um, I got the job at Meridian Sports in the Kent County Division Three. Um, mm -hmm. So I made the decision alongside a couple of the others that we'd take five or six teams, youth teams that we had left over by that time, over to Meridian Sports okay, to give yeah. a, a youth set up pub. So that and then that was the, that's when we folded the AFC All Stars. And we right. took them Meridian Sports. So you went over to Meridian then, and that's your first. So how long ago was that, roughly, Wayne? That was I did Meridian Sports uh, two seasons before the when COVID hit. 
Right. So, our first season was when uh, we we the, the season was finished because of COVID. We yeah. didn't the season, um, and then we came back and we played eleven games, and then they avoided the season again because of COVID. Yeah. It got stopped again, didn't it? At Christmas, the second time, wasn't it? I think it all went. Yeah. So you joined Meridian, and that, and that was so that was coaching their senior one of their senior men team in, yeah. in Kent County. So that's yeah. your first kind of um, experience of managing senior men football, should we say? Uh, yes. Just just before that, I was doing under twenty three football at Greenwich Borough. Oh, okay. Another good good club. Though, yeah. Unfortunately, went didn't they? Yeah. Spent season there working as under twenty three manager. Uh, at the time, first team manager was uh, Gary Alexander. Um, oh, I know. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, he was first team manager there. Hmm. And then I was yeah, doing... my son went to school with with his son George. Um, they're in the same oh. year together. So, and he, I know he's he went on. He's, he's going on to do good things in in football as well, isn't he? So, yep. uh, obviously, it's in the genes there. I think. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. So, I mean, you know, working around people with that kind of... I know you've played semi-pro as well, so obviously you you know the game to a really, you know, really good level. But when you work with managers that have played at professional level, you know, you can kind of, you know, even if you're not in the same squad as them, you, you're watching their training and you get you can get bits from that, can't you? You can definitely get experience from, from watching oh, those kinds of people. Absolutely. To be fair to Gary, uh, Gary when he was the first team manager... He brought us our twenty threes in for pre season uh, to mm. train first team. Um, so p- 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 uh, picking up like little things from him and his team was massive. Mm. Mm. And he used to come and watch our twenty threes, um, and then we was we'd go watch the first team on a Saturday and, and just like pick up little like pick up little things. Mm. And yeah, very helpful to be fair. He sent players from the first team to the twenty threes to get uh, to get uh, minutes for either not play because they hadn't been playing or mm. they had been from an injury so yeah very uh, very helpful in, in my early stages of coaching brilliant brilliant that's a great start to it and then so then from there you moved on to Meridian and like you say you the, the good thing what you want with with teams is you want you want a couple of youth youth sides growing in there I know us at Brighton we had youth teams we, we, we didn't but they, a lot of them went away with Covid mainly I think that kind of put a stop to a lot of it but we're now bringing in kind of younger age groups. And I know some of our first team players are coaching under 16s now, but it is kind of the lifeblood, isn't it? A grassroots. You want that kind of um, broader base, but then also, you know, hopefully you can bring players through into the first team or reserve teams into adult football. There's a kind of progression for them, isn't there? Which is Massively. the best way of doing it, I think. When I took over at Meridian, I think our average uh, age of our team, bar maybe two or three players, mm. um, dominantly all under twenty-one. Uh, mm. When we, when we took over uh, at Meridian, they were players that I coached at uh, youth level throughout the years. Um, and uh, Greensboro under twenty-threes, a couple came with me um, mm. because I'm, obviously the twenty-threes folded mm. at the club folded at Greensboro, um, and then. I um I mean I just brought in a couple of trialists uh, through, through um ad, uh, adverts and things like that. So mm-hmm. we I always believe when you take over a team, you want to produce players from your youth team to go into your first team, um and that's what we're trying to do at Metrogas at the moment. We've got a very very good uh, youth setup at Metrogas, mm-hmm. uh, ranging from obviously under sevens all the way up, but predominantly looking at the the fourteens, fifteens, sixteens, eighteens. They've gone on and done well in the Kent youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Kent Youth League. Um, yeah, so yeah. I mean, we'll come to that because I've seen on Twitter there's been some really good successes there coming through, which all bodes well for the future. So at, at, at Meridian at the minute, so you, you came into Meridian just before COVID and it was tough there, I guess, because like you say, one season gets cancelled with, with it. You think you come back. It was funny times with the training, wasn't it? I can remember doing training sessions. We had, we trained five days a week because we could only have groups of six. Do you remember that? Oh, Yes, massive. Yeah, you might have massive. 25 players, but you, you, you can only bring six in a night and, and kind of you have to keep them in the same bubbles. It's very odd, very odd. But yeah. it, it did put, you can understand why a lot of teams did fold, you know, around that time because it was a lot of pressure and, and it was so difficult to get out and, and to do anything, you know. I can remember having, you know, instructions from the FA to anti-back the goalposts and spray the cones and, and all of this. And it's just so yeah. foreign, isn't it, to what you do oh, as a football manager? When we were training, we were having, um, we was having dental wipes. Um, yeah. We having dental wipes. We was having anti-back uh, spray. Yeah. Uh, we was, we was, I, I was bringing bibs. I was bringing bibs in five or six different carrier bags. So yeah. like, when, when we was training, like because we, we was doing some training where, we 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 trained six players. We we train train six players, uh, and then we then we'd have a break, um, and then we then we train. We was doing like little hours tra- training yeah. uh, training over a period of time. Yeah, uh, just like once we'd used that set set of equipment, we was put uh, we was, uh, one of us was anti backing it and putting it in the yeah. black bag. Getting ready, yeah. And, oh yeah, just it was, it was so crazy. Cool. I mean, I can remember doing. We had to have like little disclaimers, and the players before the session had to text me to say they didn't have a temperature, you know, and all of this. And literally, we had a, a, a thermometer, so when players come in, we had to check the temperatures. It was just, and you can so I can, and you know what you've said before about when you know with the AFC All Stars, the amount of time that you were putting in on a normal, um, you know, in in the normal world, just a regular season with the committee meetings and the training sessions, the games, the admin and all of that. And then you had all this layer of um, extra, you know, um, extra requirements. And it, you could see, I, I more than understand why lots of teams went under. But it's good to see, you know, on the other side of it, teams starting to sprout back up again and come back. And and, that, and that's great to see as well. But so with Meridian, you was there, you, d- you had two kind of disrupted seasons, really. And then did you, is that when you moved from, there to on to Metrogas like after COVID or was, was no so um, so I was doing Meridian Sports uh, on a Saturday um, um, set a team with um, and then on a Sunday we was running uh, I was running Phoenix Sports under 18s or 16s oh. actually okay so I was running both um, because I obviously just enjoy coaching coaching I can so tell I, yeah you're obviously you know you're a football man because um, yeah. So I was You're doing really that. Into, yeah. When Meridian folded, I um I ju- I was just coming towards the end of my um under 18s team, and then mm-hmm. I then Metro just uh, Metro guest job come up, mm-hmm. so I took the uh, I applied for it. I had a mm-hmm. uh, meeting with Tim, um, and then uh he he he, he interviewed me over the phone because uh, mm-hmm. he was just about to go away on holiday. Mm-hmm. He was there. On holiday for work holiday, uh, work holiday, um, and then uh, he, he rang me up from I think it was uh, Miami or something where he's working, right. and said, "Yeah, listen, we want to offer you the job, and we'll have a, a proper meeting when we get back. Uh, when I'm back, yeah." And I took over from and then I took over from Blaine and um, Tyrese uh, this year. First right. So this is your first season 
with them. Yeah, first season with Metrogas. Oh, well done. Well, quite. It's been a good season. So, so coming on to Metrogas and where you are now, obviously. We're in the same division, so we both play Kent County Division One um, West. We got promoted this season, and I think Metrogas have been in Division One for a few seasons. So, when you've come in at the start of the season, how, how was how was the process there? Was there a squad there already for you, or did you need to look at building something over the over the pre-season? No. So when I came in, um, obviously uh, the, the management team had left, and they had some they had some very good players at Metrogas. Who were um, had the desire to push on to scaffold level, mm-hmm. uh, so we we lost. I think I think they lost about 10, 12 players um, mm-hmm. from their squad. So I was left with six players um, oh. from the, the previous season. So mm-hmm. obviously, I I started contacting a lot of um, ex players who have played for me over the years mm-hmm. through youth football or Metro uh, Sports Team and Greenwich Borough Team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, our, 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 a couple of uh, under 18s players who I was managing at Phoenix, they came in and played. So we, I think, we brought in about 15 players um, mm-hmm. uh, over the summer, um, and then we started pre-season really early because obviously trying to get these young lads and uh, and these players all to mix and understand how we wanted to play. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so, key, yeah. isn't it, with a new team? So, how early did you? When you say early, are you talking late June or beginning of July? When 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 was you? I feel we, I I I, I want to say we started like beginning of uh, begin uh, middle of June. Back, yeah. back yeah. June we started, but we was we was just training like once a week, um, just uh once a week to, uh, training like obviously looking at players at the same time, um, yeah. and then we trained for about a month. Um, then we had a, then we had a couple of weeks off in July, and then um, and then we came back and then trained again in July. Uh, rest of July, mm-hmm. I think we had the beginning of. Uh, we, I think we trained from middle of June to middle of July. Then we was off uh, for about a week or so, um, mm-hmm. to maybe, and then we came back and then we trained again and mm-hmm. with the squad that we knew we was going to take. Yeah, that's what you I'm need. Right. You need to whittle it down a bit, don't you? Like because. It's some players can be brilliant, but they're just not reliable enough. And some players are reliable, but they're not quite, you know, at that level when that you need at the time. And there's all different things that you look at when you're trying to build a team. It's kind of the players have got to get on. There's so many different factors involved, isn't there? So I know as a coach, you're probably watching everything, you know, studying everything on the training sessions. And did you have a few friendlies set up through the summer as well? Yeah, so we we played about four or five friendlies uh, through the summer, which was. Uh, it's good. Um, uh, the standard, the standards of players um, uh, perform well in in the matches as well. So we, we was when we was doing the matches, we was literally taking up like, twenty two players to a game, and we was yeah. taking basically playing forty five minutes one 11, 45 minutes another eleven uh, for the first two or three games, yeah. and then we then we started to whittle it down to obviously the squad we wanted, and then mm-hmm. I think the last three or four games we was just. Just the 16, 16 players we were taking to a game each week. Um, so yeah, uh, preseason was really good. To be fair, the boys really worked hard. We did, did a lot of running, um, but a, a lot of ball work as well, shape play and things like that. So yeah, preseason was good. Yeah, no, it sounds like I mean, and it sounds like everything that um, I didn't quite get because when we came and we had a similar situation with the managers leaving and the squads leaving, but. We didn't have that pre-season to um, go through the squad. We, Stuart and I came in uh, probably about a week before the first league game. Yeah, it was very late, yeah. And it was like, you know, so 
and we found that that our first six games were were, were terrible because that was our pre-season. But once we got through that, points per game and things like that have improved, and it, and it continues to improve. So I think it does show if you've got the right kind of um, the right kind of team in place and and the players, and you've got enough time, you can definitely even with a new squad, you can definitely go on to be really successful. So start the start of your league campaign. I'm just having a look down here. I think your first game was against Welling Park, who are, who are another um, title challenger, as it's panned out over the course of it. And um, that was a very good start for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, so we're, we're, our first two fixtures, to be fair, when we looked at it on paper, we thought that, that in the sense of, wow, that's going to be a real a real two-game, uh, Welling Park first game, midweek. Um, mm. Yeah. Because obviously the player's coming from work, mm. things like that. So, yeah, we was fortunate we had a real good, Game with Welling Park, they're, they're a very good, um, very good uh, team. They coach, they, they seem to be coached really well. Yeah. Um, some good uh, young attacking players in their team as well. Um, so yeah, we was quite fortunate. We played them. I think we went one 0 up in the first ten minutes in that game, um, and then uh, then we nicked one right at the end of the game in the last five five minutes uh, and managed to win two 0 I believe it was um, real tough game uh, that was. Um, those, and, those late second goals, they're, they're very good for our nerves, aren't they? Oh, when you, you know, get into the 85th minute and it's 1-0, you, you're just praying that, you know, you can see it out. But if you get that second goal, all of a sudden, you can just feel the pressure coming off, can't you? Yeah, no. To be fair, we, we, we was 1-0 up in the game. And um, to be fair, first half, I thought, I thought we should have been 2 or 3-0 up in that game. Mm. Um, second half, to be fair to Welling Park, they came out. And for 20, 25 minutes, we was under the cosh against them. Uh, they really, they really came out all guns blazing against us, and we had to be quite resilient against them. And then uh, I think as the game went on and on and on, and they was pushing and pushing and pushing, we we managed just to nick one right in the last five minutes. Uh, so yeah, I mean we we've got them again this week. To be fair, it's going to be mm. a tough, um, a tough game. Yeah, that's another six pointer, isn't it? I mean we'll get up. There. So your start of the season was was really good. I mean you kind of you're ticking along with with a few. Um, good results there like you say you know particularly with a new team you, you always kind of want uh, you, you've got to play everyone over the season but when you have got a new team and they're gelling you kind of it's nice if you can get some of the um you know playing the top top contenders too early because you want time to play against other teams and build up to that don't you but you, you've gone straight in at the deep end there i see welling park and then bexley the next week and then after that you've got um a, a cup game against uh minster fc and I think I mean they're um, are they prem? Are they Kent prem? Yeah. They are, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're, we, they're like near the top of the prem as well. They're yeah, a really good team. We had Minster in the, in the cup, and that, they actually won the cup the, the year before. Yeah, uh, won the cup before, and, and when we played them, they was in. The, I think they was in the top two, top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they were up until recently. Yeah, up until recently, they was top for about four or five weeks. Mm. Uh, I think they've slipped off, and I think Red Velvet or a couple, uh, another team have pushed into that top spot. Right. Yeah, I think Gary's um, Velvets have uh, caught them up there, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah, they're a good team as well. But yeah, but I mean, so Minster, you've got them in the cup, um, young team, uh, new team, and you're probably just thinking nothing to lose, I guess. You know, go yeah. out and give it a go. In the cup games, I, 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 I said to the boys, look, our aim at the beginning of the season was um, promotion. Um, uh, we could get a cup run going along, which was great. Um, uh, and we, yeah, we got minced the first game. So the 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 the, the talk to in the, to the boys before the game was to go out and enjoy the game. You're playing against a team 
a division above. Um, that we got everything to gain, they've got everything to lose. Mm. Um, and yeah, to be fair, our performance was exceptional on the day. We actually played probably one of our best games this season. Mm. They were they were a good football team, um, very very well organised. Um, and then uh, yeah, we managed to nick a two one out of it. Yeah, I can see. I mean, it's um, amazing. You know, fantastic result. I mean, any any time you're playing against a team above you, but when you do go up in the Prem and particularly the top end of it, that there is a big gap there between, you know, the rest of the division and that's a really good result. You know, that that's that's some performance to to do that. Particularly in the, you know, like you say, with a virtually a brand new squad. So, you know, really good start. And then from that you go into the in back into the league and you you your league form's really good, you know, going through. There's um a, the odd defeat here and there, but for a, you expect that with a new team. But I mean, coming up, say, you know, just from memory, coming up to Christmas time, you've got to be fairly happy. Um, the, the, you're, you're doing well in the league. The cups, yeah. you're still in the cups. You know, the um, the what do they call it, the inter-region county yeah. cup, I think, which yeah. is for yeah. those that it sounds like a mouthful. It's basically with up until the prem, you're kind of put into west or central and east, so you've got parallel divisions and they're split geographically. But for the inter-regional county cup, it's basically it's open to all, isn't it? So we can play yeah. teams from the central and east, and they play us. So it kind of gives you a bit of exposure to sides that you don't see necessarily on, on the day to day, which is quite good, isn't it? Yeah, up to Christmas, I was I was absolutely buzzing with uh, our position. I think before Christmas, I think we went ten games. I think it was nine wins, one draw before up yeah. the league. There's about five or six clean sheets in there as well. Amazing form, yeah. Uh, our form before Christmas was absolutely exceptional for a new team. Mm. Um, yeah, after Christmas, it was a, it's, it's been a little bit difficult to get uh, going again after Christmas. Mm. We had two or three weeks off with no football. Um, and then I think our first game back, um, I think our first game back was uh, against Baldwin Village in the Cup. Um yeah. And um, yeah, just very disappointed with that uh, that day. The boys were disappointed with themselves. We mm. just didn't. Get going. I think we lost four two, four three, something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, just on the day we just got punished for sloppy defending uh, against a, a a team from a division above who was on a good run at the time. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there's no shame in losing to a team division above, but you know your levels by then. So if you're not happy with it, you know I'll I'll, I'll listen to that. But it's hard because. Like you said, we were similar. We played our last game on the 3rd of December and then the next game's the 7th of Jan and, and there was a lot of snow and stuff like that in between, wasn't it? It was really bad weather. Yeah. So you couldn't even train in between, really. There was hardly no. any football going on at all. So it's tough for everyone, isn't it? You know, trying to come back and, and play that first game, you're always going to have a bit of rust, but um, you hope that it's the same for all. But, you know, some teams must, you know, just deal with it a bit better than others. But we, we certainly found that our first two games back um, <laughs> they weren't great games to come back to. We were be- we were away to Bexley and away to Welling Park, so yeah. um, it wasn't the best of starts to come back, you know. But that said, after that, we kind of found our feet in February. So you had a, you had a bit of a slower start returning, but um, the last couple of months, you know, February March, you must be reasonably happy. You've kind of got yourself back into that promotion picture now. Yeah, yeah. No, the last couple of months, to be fair. Uh... I've been happy with it. There's a couple couple games where um, we've dropped silly points. Um, 
we dropped silly points where we was like we was either in commanding lead, and we just uh, we took our foot off the gas, and the other teams come back in, or we just haven't turned up. Um, mm-hmm. One one that rings a bell massively was, uh, and to to their credit, uh, Southeast Athletic. Um, we were obviously football's not played on paper, but on paper you go into that game thinking. If the boys perform, you, you you're going to come away with three points in that. And 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 to credit to Martin's credit, his boys were exceptional. They they came out. I think we was losing three one with yeah. ten minutes to go, and we managed to nick two goals in the last ten minutes, yeah. and we ended up getting a, a draw out of it. But yeah. that's two points massively dropped. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, I think if you look at that two points now, um, you added that to the league table. Now we'd be about a put about two or three points behind the top, top team. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one from now to the end of the season because I think we've got two games left, uh, Welling Park and Crayford Arrows. Um, so, so, I mean, you know what? You're right. I mean, but the good the good thing is, we'll look at the table now. I mean, Welling uh, played 22 and they're top now on, on 49. Um, you've played 22 and you're 45. So, you, you, you're four points behind the leaders. And then you've got Welling Park... Who are just behind you on forty-three points with a game in hand, but you must be in a way. It's kind of nice to be playing them because you kind of it gives you a bit more control over the fate. You know, if they're playing different teams, at least you can say, well, you know, we've got a six-pointer here. If we play them, and it's a, you know, and we get that, it's going to give you a much better chance of, of finishing second, isn't it? Yeah, massively. To be fair, like, look, looking at it, um, you've got Welling Park. Um, if we can beat them at the weekend, which is a, a, a big game, because like I said previously, that I look at them, I think they're a quality team. Yeah. Um, for me, they're, they're, they're one of the better, uh, better footballing teams we've come up against this year. Um, they, so, they are. They, it, they're they're organised. Yeah, they very organised. From organized. the back to the front, they get the ball so quickly. You know, you make one little error. You, you, one minute you have a, you're attacking the corner. And the next minute, you're defending um, a shot on goal because they they just move the ball really well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They are a good side. To be fair, like Welling Park, uh, Welling Park, uh, Welling Park up there. But it, I think with the amount of games Long Lane and Club Langley have got, um, yeah. th- th- both of them have got. I think I think when I last looked at it, Long Lane or Club Langley, one of them have got still like eight games to play. Um, yeah, well, look, Long Lane at the minute, they're on, Long Lane and Club Langley are both on 19, 19 played. So they've got three games in hand over you at the moment and two on Welling Park. Long Lane are on 40 points. So, you know, it's kind of like they've got to win. The, they've got to get the points, though. So that's 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 the thing in your favour. Sometimes a, a bird oh, in hand is worth two in the bush. And when it gets to the end of the season, if you can win your games and you're going to be pushing... You know, um, so you've got two more games left to play. Is that right? Yeah, Wedding two more. We've got Wedding Park this Wedding Park this weekend. No Wedding game Park. next weekend, so it'll be a fr- we will be looking to get friendly for the following Absolutely. week. Yeah, um, and then we've got Crayford Arrows. But the only only the tough thing for the Long Lane and Club Langley for me is obviously one the amount of games they've got. But also, when you look at Long Lane's fixtures, I think they've got to play Club Langley. They've got to play Welling Park twice. I think they've got to play yeah. Bexley. Yeah. Um, so there's like there's a lot of games to still. A Absolutely. lot of. But I saw they Long Lane drew away to Bexley on Saturday. Yeah, one-one. Yeah. 
So that's not the worst result, is it, for you guys? You know, looking no. at it, trying to hedge your bets, you know, keeps it mathematically possible for you still, doesn't it? To yeah, 100%. With, with your games. And if you get to 50, 51 points, I mean, you know, it's it's been an incredible season. You just keep your fingers crossed then that, that it's enough. You know, that's... that's yeah, 100%. Concern. If if, if, concern. If, if we go up, if we, if we can get that top two spot, Amazing, absolutely buzzing for that because that was our target at the beginning of the season to finish mm-hmm. in the top two. If mm-hmm. we don't, um, for whatever reason, it's still been a great season. See, as we it's our my first season with the boys, and yeah. it's the first season with the boys with me. Um, mm-hmm. and then we can just push on hard for next season, exactly right. Another season of, of playing together, another pre season, and it's only, it's a young team, it's only going to get better, isn't it? You know next two or three seasons, that team's just going to improve as they mature and, and get more experience together. So you've definitely got a really good squad to, um, and, and definitely a lot to look forward to there at Metricast. And like you touched on earlier, you've got these great youth teams. So we was just saying earlier, I noticed the other day, I think it's one of your, was it one of your under-14s maybe? They're, they're, they've won a couple of um, tro- trophies in the last month, I saw. Yeah, so uh, um, I, I believe... Uh, I should know. It, it was the 15s who went won the the final down at um, Sheppey. Mm-hmm. So um, we got a very good, uh, t- a very good youth setup. Our 16s, uh, 16s are in a cup final. Our 18s are in a cup final. Um, yeah. And the and the, the sand of uh, sand of quality from our 16s, 18s, 15s, 14s. There is exceptional level of yeah. um, um, youth coming through the ranks, even. Even the younger teams, um, the, the odd game market to go and watch down at the gas, uh, the youth teams are just uh, massive. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to um, take the Metro Gas job because I said mm. to Tim that two, three years' time, your first team could be predominantly made out of youth team players. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and and it, it, if you push on to the Kent County Prem and then if you want to try and push on to Scaffold, you you need to have a good youth set up because you need to be bringing youth through because it, it will help you. It yeah. costs it costs then if you've got good youth players coming through. Exactly, and it becomes it kind of like one helps the other because if you've got the the good youth setups, you know when you get to under 18s at that kind of age, you can look at you know some of the more mature players, the stronger players at age. You can even look to Jules Simon and they can sit on the bench and get some experience of you know men's football from a you know. From an easy easing them in point of view, but when you get the team like yours where they're winning every week, and you, if you get to Kent Prem, then the first team kind of is like the beacon. So when kids are looking at oh, what what youth teams I want to go to, they'll they'll look at some of them will look at it and they'll think, oh, I'm 15 now, I want to play senior football in three years. They've got a really good first team. I'll I'll go to their youth setup because hopefully there's a progression line there. So yeah. it kind of it all helps each other, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we've had uh, until recently. Uh, we've had we had our under 18s captain um, in every squad um, we've had this season. He's been involved in every squad until Amazing. about until about three weeks ago. He'd been involved in every squad, scored goals, um, uh, performed to a decent level. Brilliant. We've had, we had a friendly um, a little while back, and we brought in one of the under 16s players um, because um, when I've been watching him, he's trained with our first team. He's exceptionally gifted. Um, to be fair, I, 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 I feel that he'll go on and play professional level. Um, mm. But he played for us in a friendly, scored the winner. Um, so he's got a bright future. Yeah. And ne- next in pre-season up for next year, uh, some of them 18s and 16s will 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 come in with us. 
um, um, so so they see that progression. Um, I think it's vital as a young as a young lad that you can see there is there is a progression. Sometimes you get first teams and none of the youth get get a sniff at get, no, get exactly right. It's kind of like right. a glass ceiling, and it's like you know this is somewhat you're separate from the club, then aren't you? And it, it, you know you've got to have many teams, but it's one club, and you, you, there's got to be that opportunity. To, to lads coming through to to get that you know to get the get into the first team and and play and you know even reserve team you know because um, let's not forget you've got a really good reserve team that's in Kent County as well haven't you so yeah even if the opportunities I'm, I'm, aren't straight away with the first team they they can develop from youth football in the reserves and then work their way through that way it, 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 there's lots of ways of doing it aren't there yeah hundred percent so our, our our reserves to be fair to them. Uh, Danny and Shrew, they came in, I think, two games into the season. Um, uh, th- their, their run of form has been fantastic. I think it's like nine games uh, without a defeat. Um, uh, and then I think if they didn't lose three points, um, three points, um, they would have been nearly in second place. Um, they've really had a good uh, good season this year. I was yeah, that's a really tough division this year because there's, there's three or four really good teams which is just unfortunate because you can only have two go up. But in other years, um, all four of them would be good enough to go up. I think, you know, even if you go down to Dartford, Celtic, you know, they're, they're, they're a good, good, strong team. All-Stars have done well there. But, yeah, felt, um, AMG Ballers, I think, are, are leading it at the minute. But there's, you know, Hall's another big club that got a good reserve side. So it's it's a shame because it looks like if they'd got there, if they'd been there at the start, it would have it would could have been a slightly different picture, but it's still not it's still all to be played for for them. Oh so no, you've got great. I mean, it's great depth you've got all the way through. You know, yeah, with the, well, we had we had uh, uh, two first team players played with the reserves that weekend because we had a full squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they dropped down. Um, they dropped down to play, um, and then we've had we've we've had a, uh, the goalkeeper from the first team. Uh, uh, sorry, the reserve team played for us this season when our goalie was away. Um, so yeah, we're trying to build it where the the, the youth see the, see there's a progression into the into the reserves or or into the first team, depending mm-hmm. on uh, on the on obviously the circumstances. Yeah. But then what we wanted to have is that that fluency between the first team and the reserve team. That's what I spoke to Tim about. Is mm-hmm. if a if a reserve a reserve player a reserve team need a player, we can drop a player down. Mm-hmm. But on the side, if the reserves uh, if we need a player. We ain't got a goalkeeper, for example. We'll take the reserve goalkeeper in with us, um, and he 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 will then get a chance in the first team, and and, and if he does well, he will stay there. Yeah, exactly right, and that's how it should be, isn't it? You know, you, you want that fluidity, and and equally, things always change in football, don't they? Form changes, injuries, there's so many things that you need to work. You know, as a as, as a partnership, don't you? The reserves are there. You know, they want to play football and they want to play well and and have a good season as well. But fundamentally, you know, I'm old school. The reserves are there to support the first team and anyone oh, can. And it's the same with us. You know, we've had five, six players play for the uh, first team this season. Um, and our, as you know, our first team play in Scaffold Division 1. So it's a nice um, step up for them. And we've probably got four or five players that have maybe played at that level and they're just at the end of their career so they want to play more minutes and come come down a bit so they can step up and we've got some young players that are doing really well you you know lads like Toby and that who they've had a couple of games in the first team that they're capable of doing it and it's good exposure for them 
But equally, it hurts you because you're like, you're like, oh no, I'm losing this player and I'm losing that player. But actually, it's better for them. You know, I'm all for the the players getting developed and and playing to their potential, and we're happy for them. You know, and 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 our results at the end of it as a reserve side, they're not so important. The first thing is more important, and and that's how we try and support them as best we can. And I'm sure your 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 reserves up there see it the same way. They're they're only too happy if you're pushing for the title and trying to get up to the you know to the creme and you're a player short. Then they're, they're going to want their player. They're going to want you know take your pick. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's that's what I'd hope that they do. And to be fair mm. to them, always they whenever we've called upon them to uh, for a player, they they they've been good enough to give us a, a player. And we've we've also done it to them, but. It's hard when you're a reserve team manager or an under twenty three manager because you like when I was Greenwich Borough manager you, you play second you, you play second fiddle to the mm. first is rightly rightly so because obviously they are the first team manager and and I remember when I was the twenty threes manager uh, uh, the first team manager dropping four players down to the reserve, uh, down to the twenty threes and telling me like they need to play this amount of minutes yeah yeah to four players who are regulars for you. Unfortunately, on this occasion, we have to take uh, four uh, first team players. But if if they can see a progression where they can get into the first team, mm. um, then great. I, I used to judge my when I was the twenty three manager. I used to judge my 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 development on how many players I could get into that first team. Exactly so, right. Yeah, it's a great way of looking at it. Absolutely. The first team this season. That's credit to you and your your your, your reserve team, the mm. management team, of how many players you can get in there. Mm. Um, and then looking at your players, you've got some very good players like Toby. I've known for years through you sure. football. I thought your your captain, your captain's, I think centre midfielder. Yeah, Damien. Um, yeah, he's a good, really good, yeah, amazing. Yeah, very good, uh, very good players as well. So, like like you said, if you would have came in at pre-season and a pre-season behind you, you probably would have been two, three, four positions higher up up yeah. in the table, maybe. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think we could. We could, I think our form for the last 10 games, if we kind of rep- doubled that up, we'd probably be two or three places higher. So, you know, we know we've got... The, the good thing for us is we, we're progressing in the right way now and we know with a couple... If we can get two or three extras just for, like, depth, really, you know, because when you get injuries and, and players, it does hurt you quite a bit at the moment. But if we can get two or three in and... I think just having a really good, sound, full season behind us and a nice pre-season, then the hope is that we can kind of push on next season and we'll, we'll look at where we think we are and we'll, we'll set a reasonable target. But the, the aim will be to progress and progress. You know, like three seasons, we want to be pushing for the for the top places, you know, and that's what we want to build over the next couple of seasons, really. That's our target and that's what we hope to do. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like that division, that I, I think a lot of people don't from outside don't realize how strong that division one West is. Um, yeah. for, for me, it's 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 for me, it's on par with the the Prem. Obviously, mm. you have got five six teams in that Prem who are uh, every year towards the top of the table. Mm. Every season, they seem to be uh, in and around that top division. But mm. there's teams in that division, division one West, who are for me are just as good. Um, yeah. As some of the teams in the Premier, I think it's a it's only going to get harder next season as well because I believe looking at it, you you got Falconwood, yeah, that, that potentially will go in there. Um, so that just shows you obviously you have two teams dropped down from the the Prem. Um, exactly. So that yeah. that division one West is a, a tough division to get out of. 
Um, is, it is, and, and credit to anyone that does, you know. And even though, even if you do win, you know, even if you do finish in the top two, a lot of the clubs, probably half the clubs, don't meet the premier criteria, do they, for stadiums? No. So it's not a foregone conclusion if you finish in the top two that you'll even get promoted because you've got to have a certain stadium um, level, haven't you? You know, so... Yeah. It's 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 a difficult it's a difficult one to get out of you know even if you've got oh, playing rights, it can involve more money, bigger ground, you know, better better um, changing room facilities, all of that that goes with it. The distance that you've got to travel is double because you're travelling the whole county, aren't you? Oh, you know, it's, it's not massive. just local; it's all over. It's um, massive. Uh, not, I think like when you look at the Prem teams, you have got teams like New Romney. That's 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 a good old travel to that ground absolutely fantastic ground by all accounts never been there but um it's that's a long journey and then obviously you've got a couple more local ones like peckham tan in mm. there as well which is a, ni- a nice ground to uh, uh mm. visit as well mm-hmm. so yeah no we're, we're looking forward to trying our best to push on yeah um, absolutely to that level but if we're not then obviously we go again next year yeah that's the best way to look at it but i'm sure you'll i'm sure you're gonna you're definitely gonna be in the mix so I'll be keeping an eye out for the score, the, the result on Saturday. That's a huge game. So I think we'll all be um, keen to see how that goes for both sides because it's uh, it's been a real battle. And I think that's a credit, like you say, to the to the division itself that, you know, there's probably five teams now that are still fine for promotion, even, you know, in the last three or four games of the season um, and, and, and at the bottom as well. As you say, unfortunately, Crock and Hill have had a, a very tough season, but the the final relegation position there between Belvedere, I think, and South East Athletic, they're level on points. They've both got, you know, two or three games to go. So it's, it's it's a really competitive league all the way, you know, and there's lots of little battles going on at different in different areas of the division as well. You know, that top battle, the bottom, the relegation, and there's the little league in the middle with teams that are all battling to kind of push up. So it's a really exciting division to be in. No, hundred percent. Like, like, just to be fair, full credit to any manager or management team uh, in in any league because you know and I know how much effort and work rate goes into building uh, building a team, training the team, getting the team out for weekends, injuries, work commitments. So, like, some of the teams towards the bottom potentially may uh, have them issues where some of the teams at the top are quite fortunate they've got twenty man squads. Whereas some of the teams at the bottom may only have a sixteen-man squad, and if two or three players are injured or work commitments, it, be, it makes their job so much harder. It really does. No, it really does. That's very true. Well, look, like, all I've got, all I've got to say now is I just want to thank you again because, um, like I say, we are recording this on Easter Monday, and um, I know you know it's a busy time for everyone. So I really appreciate you coming on. Really enjoyed our conversation and all the insights you know there was lots of stuff in there I didn't even know so it was really good to hear hear all that and uh, learn your coaching story wish you all the best for the game against Welling Park that's a huge game and I know you're going to have the team um, fully prepared for that one and it's going to be a really good game to, for the neutrals if you're not um, playing or whatever you know it's definitely a good game to go and see if you can get over because it's going to be two really good football insides that's all I can say on that and I uh, wish you best for all for all the best for the rest of the season. And uh, hopefully, you know, maybe once the season's all wrapped up, we'll have a little catch up and um, see how it all finished off and, and have a little debrief. That's yeah, no, yeah. that, 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 that sounds good. And thank you to you for inviting me on here. 
because obviously uh, it, it's an enjoyable thing to do. But it's always always good to chat football with another football person. Brilliant. Well, much appreciated. All the best, and we'll see you very soon. See you soon, mate. Good luck to you also. Thanks again there to uh, Wayne Priestman of Metrogas. A really good conversation and uh, appreciate your time. So let's have a look now over last weekend's results. Kent County Division 1 West for Saturday the 8th of April. Belvedere 2, Dance and Sports 4. Bexley 1, Long Lane 1. Crockenhill 0, Metrogas 7. Equinocchial 4. Sporting Club Thamesmead 4. So let's have a quick overview on the predictions. Let's see how well I did with those um, last week. So Belvedere v Danson. That was quite a hard one to call, really. Um, Danson's form hadn't been so great in um, 2023. And Belvedere at home, we know from playing them, they're, they're a lot better at home and uh, than they are away. So it was quite a tricky one to call. But I did just edge that 1-0 to Danson. So a correct result, but not a correct score on that one. Um, Bexley v Long Lane. Um, two of the title contenders. Certainly Bexley are in the driving seat there um, at the moment in terms of um, taking the title, I would say. Um, but Long Lane have games in hand and have been on a good winning streak of recent uh, months. So I went with an away win, uh, 2-0. So incorrect score and result on that. Crockenhill Metrogas. Now, this was a tricky one. I went 4-0 to Metrogas. Um, I did think that it would be a comfortable game for them. Unfortunately, Crockenhills um, seem to have run out of steam a little bit towards the last um, phase of the season. Um, it's certainly been a, a tough season for them. I'm sure they won't mind me saying that. Um, but got the right right result anyway, but the scoreline was um, even more emphatic with seven goals there going to Metrogas. So congratulations to them. Another side in the title mix. And as we heard from Wayne, you know, they're looking to try and push as much as they can in their remaining two games. Um, Equinocchial for Sporting Club Thamesmead 4. I had that as, <coughs> I had that as a 2-0 to Equinocchial. Um, they're very good at home. We've played them um, a couple of times this season, um, plus friendlies, and they do move it around well. So I did give them the slight edge on that, but... A really good away point for Sporting Club Thamesmead. They're a very strong team, Sporting Club Thamesmead reserves. And, you know, as you've seen through the season, they, they've, they're they capable of beating anyone on the day. So um, it isn't a shock to me that they can kind of get a good result there. And uh, I think that will help sort of settle them in the mid-table for the, for the end of the season now. So let's have a quick look over how those results affect the league standings. For Kent County Division 1 West. First place, Bexley, 22 played, 49 points. Moving up to second place, Metrogas, on the back of that great win, uh, 22 played, 45 points. Third, Welling Park, 21 played, 43 points. Then Long Lane, Equinocule FC, Club Langley, Sporting Club Thamesmead Reserves, Dance and Sports, Bride and Ropes Reserves, Crayford Arrows, South East Athletic, 
and in the two relegation places, Belvedere and Crocken Hill. So the table started to take some good shape there. I, I certainly think Metrogas's win, um, you know, gets them four, within four points of Bexley. So mathematically, still catchable, you know, with um, if results go their way. And that the, the size of that win certainly helps their goal difference out a bit as well, brings them a bit closer um, to Bexley, but also gives them a little bit of a gap now over some of the teams below them. They're on plus 37. Welling Park, though, had that game in hand on Metrogas, and uh, they're only two points behind. And as we'll see later, they're going to be playing each other uh, next weekend. So that will definitely be a big game for both teams' hopes. Long Lane, 19 played, 40 points. So still within their grasp. They're um, nine points off of Bexley and still, with by virtue of that draw that they had away with Bexley, still um, catchable with their games in hand. So certainly still in the mix there. Um, Equinocchial are fifth on 22 played and 38. So I think it's fair to say they've had a really excellent season, but um, it's not going to be quite there for them this season in terms of the promotion places. But Club Langley in sixth place, I would say, are still in the mix. They've they've got 19 played, 38 points. So with those two games in hand on Welling Park, that would put them on 44. And with the third game in hand on Metrogas, that would put them on 47. So it's all to play for for them and lots of these teams have got to play each other. So it's going to be an interesting um, running for the title. Moving down towards the bottom, not a lot's changed there really. Um, no game for um, South East Athletic and Belvedere using up um, you know, one of their last games. So it really does come down to the wire now. Belvedere uh, just out on goal difference at the minute. So both South East Athletic and Belvedere have played this um, rather or both on nine points. South East Athletic minus 44 goal difference, Belvedere minus 49. So not a lot in it in those terms. Um, Belvedere are now up to 23 played. Um, I believe South East Athletic on 21. So Belvedere have just one game left to play and that is going to be a way to Crayford. So that's going to be a really big game for them. They're definitely going to want to get something out of that to give themselves a reasonable chance. South East Athletics form is good um, and you would think by nature of it, another point or two um, would definitely be enough now. However, if they don't win... Um, you know, if they do lose those games, the goal difference isn't that big. So, you know, even if Belvedere don't don't get another win, as long as they keep their marks, the, the losing margin down to Crayford, if South East Athletic do lose their remaining three games with the goal difference on that, that could be enough. So it is really interesting at the bottom, very tight and um, lots to play for for both teams um, as they look to keep their uh, first division uh, survival hopes on track. So let's take a look ahead now to fixtures for Saturday the 15th of April. Bexley v Danson Sports. Club Langley v Long Lane. Crayford v Belvedere. And Welling Park v Metrogas. 
So some exciting fixtures there, actually, and some real six-pointers as we're looking um, towards both ends of the table now. Um, Bexley v Danson. Um, I think that's going to be a victory for Bexley. They're, 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 they're going well. They're very good at home. I know they drew last week, but Danson had a good win, which will do their confidence a lot of good. But I think Bexley are going to have that kind of title and that, that promotion spot firmly in their sights now. And I, I just don't see them um, letting that go at home. So we'll go 2-0 to Bexley on that one. Uh, Club Langley v Long Lane. Again, another two teams with um, aspirations of making the um, promotion places and indeed possibly even the title still. Um, it's going to be a really uh, big game there. I think if either side win, it will be enough to keep them in the race and possibly, dare I say it, a defeat would probably see the other drop out of that position, I would say. Um, maybe not so much for Long Lane, but certainly Club Langley with the point fewer um, will really need to um, make up that. I'm going to go with an away win. I'm going to edge Long Lane. I just think on recent form, um, the winning streak they've had, the away point they took at Bexley, which is a really good point. I just think that if they play to that level, they'll probably just edge uh, Langley on the day. So I'll go um, a 2-1 away win to Long Lane on that. Craigford v Belvedere. Um, again, Belvedere, not so strong away. They've, they've always got a scoring chance, but I just fancy Craigford to um, finish the season with a, with a win on this one. So I'm going to go 2-0 for Craigford on that. And Welling Park v Metrogas. Um that's going to be a really tough battle. It's a really hard one to call. Um, Welling Park, really good football inside. Metrogas, um, one of the best sides of the game that we've played. So I'm going to sit on the fence on that and go to all. So that's how it's looking for Saturday the 15th. And then we've got a bonus midweek fixture with Club Blangley v Crocken Hill on the 18th of April. Um, again, Crocken Hill's form has tapered off. I think they're going to um, struggle away, particularly on a midweek. Um, I, I know that can affect getting players out and whatnot. And I think Club Langley are going to really be up to try and uh, get get as many points on as they can and use those games in hand as well as they can. So on that one, I'm going to say Club Langley 5, Crocken Hill 0. So that brings an end to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the interview with Wayne. I I certainly did. Um, Have a great week in football and hope you can all join us for next week's episode. Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHark. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHawk on Google Play or visit our website at matchhawk.com. Truly a great match. MatchHawk. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.